0: Good evening, and welcome to the Television Graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Hoolahan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season or less, including some that ran only one episode. This month, it's Spoopy Month! With me, as always, is Noah Houlihan.
1: This is my favorite show that we've watched, and that's a rock fact, which means it's not
0: true. This week we go over the garden wall with Cartoon Network's miniseries over the garden wall.
1: Yeah, let's go over that wall. Let's let's, let's go, do it.
0: Let's go into the unknown. Yes. Over the garden wall ran, uh, technically ten episodes, but they were ten Cartoon Network episodes, which means they were five episodes that yeah. were half an hour long. Yes. That were each two episodes. Yeah,
1: I, I call that uh, Adult Swim time, where the show is only twelve minutes. Yes. No commercial breaks. Just, watch yeah. the show?
0: I believe they were presented in a half an hour time slot, and the commercial break was between...
1: Each episode, right.
0: Uh, yes, it ran November 3rd through 7th. Uh, this only ran for five days.
1: Right, that's how math works, that makes sense.
0: No, I mean it ran Monday through Friday. Oh. It ran for five days.
1: Oh, okay. It
0: started on November 3rd and ended in November 7th.
1: Oh, okay, that's, um, that's how, uh... TV usually runs in Mexico.
0: Yeah, that's how this show ran.
1: Yeah, is is you get a week and it's just every day and then it's over.
0: I mean, that's how a lot of kids cartoons will run. Um, Is it? uh, Think about how many shows on like Nickelodeon used to run at 5, 4 central every day.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true, but I feel like those were always the reruns, and then we had to watch Snick to get the new episodes.
0: Yeah, there were usually not that many episodes of, like, Rugrats at first, though. So that's you were true. watching the same Oh yeah, 13 episodes. Oh, yeah. On a loop. Yep.
1: I, I remember when Rocko's Modern Life came out, and I watched that pilot, like, eight times in a week.
0: Yeah, that's one of those things that comes up where you're just, like, sitting there at work, and you throw out a can, and you go, like... R-E-C-Y-C-L-E-Recycle. Yeah. All right, but back to Over the Garden Wall. Yeah,
1: that's the episode we're doing.
0: Um, So, you didn't like this one?
1: I have issues with it. Okay. Uh, I, I think they will become clear as we go through it. Uh. In short, I didn't like it, and it's entirely my fault. Okay. Because it's good.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because I watched this by myself in one night one last last year, right? Um, and it really benefited from that this second watch. Okay, watching it again, I picked up a lot of things I didn't necessarily get in the beginning.
1: I'm excited to hear that. Yeah, I'm excited to hear like this. You know, actually meant this and stuff. So I'm excited for that. Uh, so we our first episode is not. The first moments of this story.
0: No. Um, The thing is, when you watch, uh, I want you after we're done recording, maybe tomorrow or something, to re-watch the opening credits again. Okay. Because the opening credits are everyone we meet Hmm. in their lives before our heroes, Wirt and Greg, encounter them. Okay, all right. That's why, uh, when we watched it this time, there was a shot in the opening credits where I went, Ah! Because it was a, a character sorting bones. Hmm. And it was, uh, we later meet that character, and we realize they're the bones of that character's victims.
1: Oh. I don't remember this at all.
0: Okay, we'll get there.
1: Okay, alright. Uh,
0: so, as always, spoiler warning, we're gonna get into it.
1: Yes, if you haven't seen it, it's entirely available on Hulu, and you can finish it in two and a half hours. Yeah. So, you know, do that. It's it's worth your time.
0: Yeah, I really enjoy it.
1: I didn't, but still, go ahead and do it.
0: So, the first episode is called The Old Grist Mill, and it's setting people up. It's setting up, uh, you have two brothers, Greg and Wirt. Wirt is the older brother, who kind of is, uh, looks like a gnome.
1: Yes, he looks like a gnome, and... Uh, and
0: Greg... Has a little overalls and a teapot in his head. Teapot
1: on his head and a frog. And a frog. Uh, and I believe at this time the frog's name is Kitty. Yes. Uh, the frog's name changes throughout. But it starts with uh, uh, Greg trying to figure out the worst name for the frog. Yes. And he decides the worst name would be Kitty.
0: So that's what he goes with. So
1: he goes with Kitty. Uh, so... Uh, I'm trying to recall the the first couple moments. The first couple moments, like, we are almost immediately introduced to the rock.
0: Yes, he has a little, a, a little rock with a face on it that he carries around with him.
1: And yeah, he, he gives out rock facts. And a rock fact is a fact that is not true. Uh, it's a
0: fact that Greg just makes up.
1: Yeah, th- it's words followed by, and that's a rock fact. Yeah. Uh, and they meet a woodsman. Yes. And the woodsman is Doc Brown. Yeah, the he woodsman is, is played by Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd. Which is super cool. Uh, and uh,
0: Wirt is played by uh, Elijah Wood.
1: Yes, I knew that. I don't know who Greg is.
0: I think an actual child.
1: <laughs> an actual child is Greg. Uh, and the, the woodsman warns of a beast. Yes. These woods are no place for children. Don't you know the beast is afoot here?
2: The beast? We, we, we don't know anything about that. We're just two lost kids trying to get home.
1: Well, welcome to the unknown, boys. You're more lost than you realize. And does the woodsman warn of the beast, or the, do they think the woodsman is the beast?
0: The woodsman warns of the beast. Okay. Because you meet the beast.
1: Oh, right, right, right. So, Or the, you
0: meet what you think is the beast.
1: Yes, and the woodsman uh, takes him into...
0: His cabin.
1: This, yeah, this mill. And they don't trust him. They immediately don't trust him.
0: Mostly because he's real creepy.
1: So, uh, uh, Wirt's idea is to knock him out and run. This guy sounds loony.
2: Maybe we should make a break for it, if we can. But he must know the woods really well, so we may need to knock him out first. Except that may turn out really badly, huh? Yeah, bad, bad plan. Uh, forget it. Bad plan. Okay. What are you boys whispering about?
3: We're talking
0: about running way out of here. shh. shh. Yeah. Now Greg has been leaving a trail of candy so they do not get lost.
1: Yes, uh, and I which enjoy is adorable.
0: Them. And they call him Candy Pants.
1: Yeah, they call him Candy Pants. He's leaving candy. It's uh, Hansel and Gretel, you know.
0: Yeah, it's very timeless.
1: Yeah, very timeless, very odd setting. And they knock out the woodsman, or Greg knocks him out, and he's like,
2: <laughs> "Greg, why did you do that? That was your plan, remember? Knock him out." No, a bad plan. I told you to forget
1: that plan. Ah! I regret this idea.
0: Well, this is also... The beast has shown up at this point.
1: Yes, the beast is...
0: A werewolf. A werewolf of sorts, yeah. Uh, And he's scary, and the two brothers run, and the mill gets destroyed, and then uh, the wolf gets squeezed in, like, the water wheel.
1: Yeah, it's... And
0: coughs up a rock that's covered in the oil that the uh, woodsman is uh, deriving from... The wood? Yes. And after the wolf coughs it up, he turns into a dog? Yes. And he's like, oh, this sucks.
1: And uh, they run away, but the most important thing is that the mill is broken. Yeah. Which means that the woodsman can no longer make the oil that keeps his lantern burning. Right. And I believe by the end of the first episode, that's all the information we have.
0: Yeah, and he warns them to beware the beast, and then we see them being watched by a bird.
1: Yes. And, and like, there's this, like, really snippy conversation.
4: Maybe I can help you. I mean, you guys are lost, right? (gasps)
2: What in the world is going on?
3: Well, you're slapping yourself, and I'm answering your question, and- No,
2: Greg, a-, a bird's brain isn't big enough for cognizant speech. Hey, what was that? I mean, I'm just saying, you're you're weird. Like, not normal. I, I mean- Oh my gosh, stop talking to it, word.
1: It? Uh, uh-
2: What are you doing here?
1: Explain yourselves! And I'll see you guys later. Bye. Yeah, I could talk. You're a stupid kid. Goodbye.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Beatrice shows up more in the next episode. Yes. So in the next episode, which is after a short commercial break, they she's in a bush, and, and the bro- brothers help her. What what might I say that she episode... doesn't talk until? No, the I second... thought
1: they have a brief interaction where she is not nice to him.
0: Uh, that's a that's in the second episode. She's not nice to him for the first like four episodes. Okay,
1: I could be wrong. Yeah, she's really
0: wrong. she doesn't like him very much. So uh, Beatrice joins the brothers. They help her out of a bush. And she's still really, sh- like, mean yeah. to them.
1: Yeah, they they hear a, a voice from a bush, and Beatrice is trapped in, like, a, a thorny...
0: Yeah, in a bramble.
1: Yeah, in a bramble. That's the word I wanted. Bramble. Uh, and they free uh, Beatrice from the bramble. Thus, uh, Beatrice owes them a Wookiee life debt. Yeah. Or a bluebird debt, or some... It, it has a name uh, having to do with being a bluebird. And
0: she also talks about how bluebirds are bad luck uh, because she threw a rock at a bluebird and then was cursed to be a bluebird.
1: I feel like that's later. Yeah, whatever. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, they they become not friends, but uh, Beatrice owes them. So she decides she's going to help and take them to, I forget the name of the character. Adelaide,
0: the the good woman of the woods. Yes, Adelaide. So you got you get this image of you know a hedge witch kind of thing. Yeah, the and kindly witch in the woods. Yeah,
1: because the the main overarching story here is that
0: Greg and Wirt need to get home. They want to go home.
1: It's it's a, it's Alice in Wonderland.
0: Yeah, we don't know much about what home is for them. Wizard
1: of Oz. Uh, so they then end up at Pottsfield.
0: Now this is a fun gimmick because a Pottsfield. Uh, is a play on a potter's field, which is where, uh, which is essentially pauper's graves. Right. Um, which plays in pretty quickly because they're scary pumpkin people. There's an annual harvest barn, and the residents are these living pumpkin people.
1: Yeah. And uh, when they show up, one of the first thing a pumpkin person says to Wirt is, You're a bit early, aren't you? Right. And this will be clever later.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, when I watched it the second time, I went, Oh! Huh. Made the Vegas noise.
1: Yeah, you did. Uh, So then, they're interrupting some sort of festival. Their
0: harvest festival. Their
1: harvest festival. But, like, when I say some sort of festival, they don't know what the... What what the act is going on here. Because they're all around a giant pumpkin who turns yeah. out to be sentient.
0: Yeah, they're all sentient pumpkins. Yes.
1: And uh, I, I forget what their crime was.
0: Being disruptive.
1: Yeah, just being kids. Uh, and they are condemned to two hours hard labor?
0: Yeah. They have to, like, dig a hole. Yes. And they... they... Come to the conclusion. They're like, "Oh my God, what if we're digging our own graves?" Yes. Uh, you know, kids show. Um,
1: and th- this is an interesting moment because, uh, Beatrice, uh, they're they're wearing like the the standard ball and chain, right? Uh, Beatrice picks the locks on both of them, and uh, Greg and Beatrice. Flee. Yes. And Wirt's reaction is, they're leaving me. Rather than I should run too. Yeah. because uh, I don't think he realizes his leg is free. Yes. Uh, and they really believe that they're digging graves because they find a skeleton. Yep. Uh,
0: Kid show.
1: And then the skeleton jumps up. Yep. gets <laughs> re- reanimated. Puts on a pumpkin costume. Yeah. And joins the harvest. And
0: everyone's real happy because it was like their friend. They're like, ah, thanks. You dug up Steve.
1: Yes. So it's clever in that they're not really talking pumpkins. They're skeletons wearing a pumpkin costume.
0: And now they're, you know, Greg, Wirt, and Beatrice have paid their debt to society.
1: Well, when he's told you're a bit early, Mm -hmm. it's because he's alive still.
0: Well, and then the next, when Enoch's parting words to him are, You'll join us one day.
1: Yes. Uh, so they leave and Be- they thank Beatrice for uh, freeing them. But Beatrice says, well, you weren't really in danger. So I still owe you a debt. Yes. Uh, and Beatrice has really gotten sick of words crap. Yeah. And is now just openly mean to him.
0: Frog update. Frog, frog- update. The frog's name is currently worked.
1: Yes, they change it to worked, And at that moment, I was like, okay. English teacher clicking in. The frog represents the protagonist. So, like, I'm, I'm in that mode. Where I'm like, okay, the journey of the frog is now going to mirror the journey of the... Pro- They've changed the frog's name again. <laughs> oh. Alright, alright. I, all right, I, all right. I mean, on? I
0: consider Greg to be one of the most realistic children in a cartoon of it's just arbitrary it's like if you have a kid with a teddy bear who changed the name of it every other day okay the only reason a kid will not change their dog's name constantly is because they have the rest of the family being like no the dog's name is you know the dog's name is bobby Mm -hmm. we already have a tag printed the dog's name is bobby and we isn't doing that for greg so Greg's just changing the name all the time. That's
1: good. I did have a beta fish that I changed the name of constantly until I ran out of names. And the very last name I had was Mr. Rogers. So he was Mr. Rogers.
0: And like, Greg wants Wurt involved in the naming of the fish. Yes. Or of the frog. And like, the idea of naming him Wirt is so that while Wirt is being mean to his little brother, he can be like, I'm talking to Wirt, the frog, not you.
1: Yes, and I, I believe we're still going off of the this is a bad name for the frog yes bit at this point.
0: So now we're we're hitting episode three, and the antagonism between... Antagonism? Is that the word? Yeah,
1: they're antagonizing each other.
0: Uh, Beatrice and Wirt are just not getting along. Not at all. Uh, Beatrice is calling Wirt a pushover, saying he only does whatever someone tells him to. Nobody is singing anything anymore, and Wirt,
2: keep moving. But I, I have to... Uh... All right.
4: But we have to do something fun. You know, we really don't. We can just keep walking silently, you know, and... Wert, let's go. Come on. Sorry, sorry. But shouldn't we... Greg, don't you want to be more like your brother? Just always doing what you're told? Just a pathetic pushover who relies on others to make all his decisions? Hey,
2: what? I'm not a pushover.
4: Hold on, Wert, Let me get to my point.
2: Fine. See,
3: Greg? No willpower whatsoever. Hmm. You need to be more like that. But that doesn't really sound that fun. The world is a miserable place, Greg. Life isn't fun. Then I'll do what I need to do, I guess. Thank
4: you. We'll just focus on getting you guys to Adelaide so I can wash my hands of this whole affair. And if you could pick up the pace a bit, that'd be great, okay?
0: And he digs his heels in and only does what other people tell him to do after yes. that.
1: Now, dear listener, remember this moment. Because I'm gonna have a major problem with this episode later.
0: Okay. In the
1: beginning, it's fun. It's still not a good episode. This is probably the worst episode. But I'm gonna get angry about it later.
0: I actually, I this episode grew on me. I didn't like it the first uh, watch through, but this episode's very silly. Uh, they go to a school that's just animals, except for the teacher, who is a kindly elementary teacher named Miss Langtree, right? And uh. She gets upset because her boyfriend's broken up with her. Right. And there's this great, like, little musical number that we only hear part of. The whole one's on the vinyl album. The vinyl album? Yeah, this show was a massive cult hit.
1: Yeah. But uh, the target audience is not us. Like, the target audience is supposed to be kids. And they're not like you know my favorite record.
0: <laughs> yeah, but when a show like does really well with a you know a different demographic, uh, sometimes they'll be like, "Well, we could make money off this." I, uh, the vinyl came out like I think the vinyl's like about to come out actually. Like I think uh, it was on like SoundCloud for a long time.
1: That makes sense <laughs> because that's an easy way to listen to music. I, if you you are so upset right now <laughs> if you bought the vinyl soundtrack to Over the Garden Wall email the Stay doomed show at gmail.com I have words for you
0: There's also a very nice very fancy hardcover art of Over the Garden Wall book
1: I could totally get into the art it is a visual medium that is very interestingly drawn And a child doesn't need an antique (laughs) to operate a book.
0: Oh my god. Okay. Kids today don't know what cassettes are. You're going to try to sell them vinyl? They know what cassettes are. They've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. So what happens in
1: this episode?
0: (laughs) So she's upset about her boyfriend who has left her. And on the full song, we find out he's only been gone for three days. Okay. Uh... Which I really, I like this because she's so overdramatic. And uh, Greg and his animal friends are, you know, just kind of like having a good time. And then a gorilla jumps out and scares them because they're, they're afraid of a gorilla. Uh, bef- you,
1: you, You're you not going to mention the other song or are you holding off on the other song? We're side? not there. Okay. We're okay. not
0: at the other song yet. Uh, So they, you know, recess is over. Greg comes in with the other animals. And, uh, they're served potatoes.
1: But not just potatoes, right?
0: No, they're served potatoes. It Um, is Greg who decides that they should add molasses uh, in a song that Noah hates because I've been singing it for the last two weeks.
3: Hey, I know what to do. Here, Miss Langtree, play something like this. Oh, like this? Oh, potatoes and molasses, if you want some... Oh, just ask us, they're warm and soft Like puppies and socks Filled with cream and candy rocks Oh, potatoes and molasses They're so much sweeter than algebra class If your stomach is grumbling And your mouth starts mumbling There's only one thing to keep your brain from crumbling Oh, potatoes and molasses If you can't see them, put on your glasses They're shiny and large like a fisherman and you know you eat enough oh. when you start seeing stuff. Oh, potatoes and molasses It's the only thing left on your tusk list They're short and stout to make everyone shout For potatoes and
1: molasses For potatoes and That's f- enough! Yeah, how about that song? What did you think of that song? It's so cute Oh,
0: <laughs> It's God. really cute. Again, this is... I I like Greg as a character because he feels very authentic as a child. That's the kind of, like, dumb song a little kid makes up. Yeah. Um, I, sure. Okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, you're not wrong. That's the thing. That you're not wrong. Like, that is the type of song that a child would just make up and sing. Right. I am not entertained by it. <laughs> Nor do I think it added anything to this episode.
0: You kind of have this thing of, uh, you're going to yell about how there's a vinyl soundtrack because the pr- like primary demographic is supposed to be children. And then when there is a an episode that is primarily geared toward the entertainment of children, you are mad.
1: I'm not mad. And, and like I said before, the show is very good. It's just, cratchety old Noah did not enjoy it.
0: Yeah, so they the school animals start playing instruments, and everyone's happy, but then the owner of the school takes away their instruments, and he's very mean. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Wert and Greg find out that he has to sell the instruments to keep the school open, because uh, a school for animals is not terribly profitable?
1: No. As it turns out.
0: So... Uh, Greg's like we should steal them And they steal the instruments And give them back to the children And hold a benefit concert Right And then the gorilla comes out And everyone's like Bah gorilla And then uh, the gorilla trips uh, Falls And it's a man in a gorilla costume And it's Miss Langtree's boyfriend
1: Yeah he Who has was...
0: joined the circus
1: Yeah he's just He's been a silly gorilla uh also there's a moment in this where uh they're they're eating their their potatoes and molasses and Wart's about to take a bite and Beatrice says, No one's told you to eat yet, so he doesn't. Yes. Uh just to be petty yeah, <laughs> to prove this point.
0: He's really petty in this episode.
1: Uh, so that's episode three.
0: Well, there's a nice moment at the end where uh, they're about to leave, and Beatrice stops Wurt and says, "Like, let Greg have his fun," which I think is like some nice foreshadowing of like letting Greg have a moment.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah.
0: So, um, so then we get to the next episode, and the next episode. If you notice, I'm not sure if you notice necessarily uh, because of if you're watching it on Hulu or Daily Motion or any of that. Uh, the shows kind of follow you're watching them episodically. You're not really watching them two at a time the way they were aired, right, but they tend to run uh one like plot centric episode and then one of the lighter episodes together,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: like the first episode with the Woodsman and the second episode was with the uh the Potters field. Then you have the school town Follies episode, and then the chapter four is Songs of the Dark Lantern.
1: Yes, and uh, it's about to take a a Dark Lantern-y turn.
0: Uh, This is the Weird Tavern episode? I always have trouble with this episode.
1: This is where I kind of... My entire view of this show changes in this episode. Okay. Uh, Because this is where I start developing a theory about the show. And uh, this... I will say, this show is meant to to be theorized. Yeah. Is it theorized? Like, you're definitely supposed to think and mull this over and come up with, what do you think this is really about? You know, hidden meanings and stuff like that. Right. Uh, It's a very small but important moment. Yes. Is they go to a tavern. Beatrice waits outside and talks to a horse and the horse doesn't talk back.
0: Beatrice gets sent outside because bluebirds are bad luck in this universe.
1: Oh, right, right. Uh, and everyone in the tavern has a label. As a label. Like, you know, this is, you know, the teacher, this is the bartender, this is the adventurer, and things like that. Yeah,
0: it's the archetypes. The highwaymen.
1: They are trying to decide. What Wurt is?
0: Yes, and for
1: the most part, he just kind of doesn't want to play, right? And then someone says, "Maybe he's simple." Yeah. And Wirt immediately gets very defensive. That's great, but who are you?
2: I'm Wurt. I'm I'm just a a guy, I I guess. Um, what what do you mean? Well, he's the butcher. I'm the butcher. The baker. Yeah. The
4: midwife. <coughs> the master and apprentice. The tailor, <laughs> and I'm the tavern keeper. Who are you? I'm hungry.
2: I, I I don't know. I don't really like labels. I'm just sort of like myself, you know. Maybe he's simple. No, I, I'm just I'm just lost. See? Yeah. Like, they, no,
1: no, no. That's not who I am.
0: They call him a simple-minded fool.
1: That's when I started to get the idea that maybe Greg is mentally challenged. And I know you don't like that theory and you know that that greg is just a child uh and he's innocent and he doesn't know better but the reason that that clicked in my mind is there throughout this entire show and we're only on episode 4 right uh greg or or bert loses track of greg right and whenever anyone asks him where greg is his first response is, I wasn't watching him. There's this air of, I don't want to be responsible for this child. And uh, Greg, while, you know, innocent child, he's never, throughout the entire show, frightened. Right. And that, to me, made me go, I wonder if that is what they're playing on, that Wirt has this And I believe that this is where they reveal that it's, they're not, that they're stepbrothers.
0: Half-brothers. They're half, of
1: yes, they're half-brothers. They're half-brothers, Which, to
0: me, actually, is a better explanation of Wirt's bitterness toward Greg. Mm -hmm. Uh, Greg is symbolic of why his parents aren't together. Okay. I I consider, I never get the read that Greg is simple, Mm -hmm. or that Greg is mentally challenged. I think Greg is very, very young. Like, he makes his own, like, he makes his own little, like, world. He makes his own accessories. He wears a teapot. Like, he's a little kid. And I think one of the issues is we're so used to seeing little kids act so much older than they're really written to be. Mm -hmm. I always think of Hey Arnold when they have, like, romantic interests and sophisticated feelings and they're eight or nine yeah and i think greg is five or six but greg is actually five or six
1: yeah and i could definitely get that read the the thing that made me like question this whole thing is that and because after this moment i constantly looked for it is greg ever afraid
0: no but i think it's really important to his character that he isn't okay Um, we're going to get into this a little more in later episodes, but I think, uh, Greg's on an adventure. Greg's having fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, like... Greg's
0: optimism is literally the most key point to his character. Yeah. I
1: mean, this theory can easily be explained away by, like, nothing has harmed him. He doesn't have to be a reason to be scared. Yeah. Like, he's innocent and doesn't know. That all could be explained away.
0: I also think he's scared in the woodsman, in the, like... First episode, when there's the beast.
1: Yeah. I'd have to go back and look again. Yeah,
0: I believe he is actually afraid when the beast okay. is.
1: So th- that's just a theory I'm throwing out into the ether. Yeah. And I want you to understand that I had that in the back of my mind the rest of the time I was watching.
0: Yeah, I strongly disagree with this theory. Um, So, Wirt is then mistaken for, first, the young lover. um. Uh, and he's just bad at it. Uh, Wore is trying to figure out what to do and Wirt is trying to get directions. So he sings like this impromptu song about like, you know, my brother and I are lost and we need directions. Yeah, it's not a um, great song.
1: It's not a great song.
0: We're going to play the actual song and it's not that different from what I just did.
2: My name is Wirt, and his name is Greg. We're related cuz my mom remarried him and then gave birth to him with my stepdad. We're not from around here Can you all give me Some directions Today So we can be on our Way
4: This ain't no love song It's a metaphor
0: (laughs) Keep it together Taylor When they After he's like Oh we're on a journey Help I need directions They're like You're a pilgrim on a journey And then Greg helps By Chiming in with all of the things they've done Yes This is why I can't buy into your theory with Greg is Because Greg is always very quick to help And quick to And he actually solves a riddle Later In the story Work has been getting ground down By Greg and Beatrice at this point Right Uh, Greg unintentionally Beatrice quite intentionally So at this point he has been called a pushover. And, he, like, Beatrice has been really nasty to him through this entire couple of episodes. So I think being called a fool is, like, just another thing of, like, Wirt is a pretty young teenager. This is tough for him to, like, constantly just get pushed down and pushed down. We haven't seen uh Wirt get a real win yet.
1: No, that's true.
0: So I think it's more of, like, just a... It's another indignity for work. So, uh, they, you know, then they talk about meeting the helpful woodsman, and then they talk about the beast. And then the tavern keeper explains who the beast is. And that, we're finally getting information about the myth arc. Uh, we get that the beast is someone who seeks lost children who lose hope in the forest, and. Uh he turns them into trees that are ground down in the edel, uh Edelwood oil to burn his lantern. Yes. Uh so they all figure out that the woodsman's the beast. Because yes. he's got the scary beast lantern.
1: Yes. So uh basically what what we're basically learning here is the trees that the woodman woodsman has been cutting down used to be children. Yes. He then grinds them up in his mill and creates an oil that burns his lantern. Yes. So, uh... They, they...
0: I forget why they have to flee. Don't they have to flee the tavern? Uh, they flee because they hear Beatrice scream. Uh, um, And you see that the, uh... They see the woodsmen... Uh, they steal a horse, Greg, the frog, Wirt, Beatrice, Lantern. Uh, oh, they find Beatrice laying motionless in a tree. Uh, they assume the woodsman did it. And uh, the woodsman tries to warn Wurt. Wert kicks over the lantern and spills the oil. The tree bursts into flame and they all run away. Yes. And then Beatrice wakes up uh says she flew into the tree after seeing a weird shadow um you know weird shadow it's problem with the beast right um and she gets mad that work didn't get directions immediately jumping on poor word again and work's like but i did get directions and then that's when we find out the horse talks yes he is the weirdest character to me what
3: was amazing! He sang a song, rode a horse, and saved you from the axe guy. He's the pilgrim!
4: That's all well and good, but you were supposed to get directions.
2: I did. We just got directions from Fred before you woke up. Who? Oh, uh, Beatrice, meet Fred the horse. Nice to horse your acquaintance.
0: You can talk? <laughs> we'll get my, into him more next episode.
1: My favorite character in the show. <laughs>
0: um, and then the woodsman... We go back to him, he's, you know, picking everything up, and the, a shadowy figure appears. And then we finally see for the first time the beast. Yes. Who informs them that his, uh, it's his daughter's soul in the lantern.
1: Yes, the only way he can keep his daughter's soul alive is to keep the lantern burning. Because when it goes out, she'll be lost forever into the darkness. Yes. So that's, that's... The Woodsman actually does care for these children yes in, in that Wirt and Greg. He did actually care for them and didn't want harm to come to them yes, uh but he also can never stop uh cutting down these trees, making this oil, and burning it. uh It made me think about Desmond from lost,
0: yeah, and the beast goes, like, "Where are the children going?" And the woodsman goes like, "No, these aren't, these children aren't for you, yes." He tries to defend Wharton Gregg. And I believe,
1: it might be this episode, it might be later, where uh, the woodsman says he didn't know that's what the trees were. Right. Uh, I think
0: it was this last episode.
1: Because he said, if I had known, I wouldn't have done it. And the beast replies, really, you would have let your daughter die. Yeah. So, he's in quite the conundrum, the the woodsman. Uh, so, he's trying to fight this weird battle and uh, it, it does bring up a lot of like very interesting ethical questions of like you know you're, you know, what would you do in this situation to save a, a loved one like it, it's kind of like you're using dead bodies as fuel
0: yes it's exactly like you, you're using
1: yeah you're using dead bodies as fuel you're not technically responsible for killing them but if they weren't there you wouldn't uh you wouldn't be able to continue to do this so you kind of need children to die even if they're not at your hands
0: yeah it's a little Birkin hair
1: yeah it's it's a very interesting uh, moral dilemma all right
0: so we're uh, i want to kind of start talking about the episodes a little bit as pairs okay uh because this is how they originally aired um the first one of the third pair Yes. Is another like odd episode. I've I kind of noticed that they alternate a little bit, like sometimes the weird episode's first, sometimes it's second. So this one was the uh they the episode opens with uh Bert, Greg, Beatrice, and the horse at a fancy mansion.
2: Yes, very fancy. With mansion. Quincy
0: Endicott, who runs a tea company. Uh and they are passing themselves off as Quincy's nephews.
1: Right, right.
0: And uh this is where we establish that uh Fred's a talking horse for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Um he has a a great line in here.
1: Yeah, th- this this is the moment where I I fell over laughing. Yeah. Where it turns out Beatrice is planning to rob this rich man.
0: But then they find out like they only need 2 pennies. Yeah, we find that out really early mm-hmm. um because like we're is like
2: why are you pretending i'm this guy's nephew we need money you're scamming him i was thinking more like flat out stealing from him what no way why not
4: we already stole a horse
2: hey guys no we didn't fred's a talking horse he can do whatever he wants i want to steal
0: we couldn't do that justice
1: <laughs> no want to steal Um, And I want you to picture this very straight, dumb-looking horse saying that line, deadpan.
0: Yeah, it's very funny. I really, like, it's one of the few absolutely laugh-out-loud moments. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Endicott's in love with a ghost in the house, and uh, then they realize, there's a very odd moment. Oh, Oh, this is where Beatrice reveals that she was a human, her family was cursed. Oh, uh, you are right, it was later. Um, and she kind of goes, they kind of have like a Wizard of Oz conversation of like, that's why Beatrice wants to go to the Good Woman of the Woods. She thinks that Adelaide will turn her back and her family. And like, so you kind of get this Wizard of Oz, like, she'll send you home, Dorothy, but she'll give me back my humanity. Right. So it's this idea Um and it's Wirt and Beatrice hiding in a closet talking together. And that's when this comes out. Which is like this nice, like... They're actually kind of nice to each other for a little bit.
1: Yeah, we have a three-minute bottle episode.
0: Yeah. Where... it talks about a girl he has a crush on, which is why he was, like, so embarrassed in the previous episode when they said he was the young lover. Um. Right. So...
1: And Beatrice is actually a human.
0: Yeah, and they're... There's this great moment where they kind of, like, get through after they talk about their secrets. Uh, the closet has a secret. It has a trick door. Yes. They it get out. It is a
1: out. truly secret closet full of secrets.
0: They get out, and then there's a great line where Wurt notices the architectural, architectural style.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, then we kind of figure out that Endicott and the woman he's in love with are both alive. And both living in the house, yes, because the house has gotten so big they can't figure it out
1: uh yeah, and uh, this is yet another like silly episode where yes. it's just like there there is a problem it's it's very similar to the schoolhouse one, where it's there's a problem with a relationship, with a very simple and almost stupid answer, mm-hmm. But this one I enjoyed far more cuz I think the laughs were better and I I guess I knew the characters a bit more. Yeah. So I cared a little bit more about what they were doing. But like I definitely think this one, you know, pairing the the story driven and the sillier episodes, that as one of the sillier episodes it's one of the stronger ones because it has more of those like good timing beats and uh the the there is a, still a goal in mind that they need to get this two cents so they can get on a boat and get to the. It's still very story driven. It's not a side quest.
0: Two coins in a boat, huh? That's very uh river
1: sticks. Oh, very good.
0: Yeah, they need to coin. And then uh another thing is later in another episode, uh, Endicott's grave is seen. So it kinda of bears the question of were he and the lady both actually ghosts was the house actually haunted, but they were both ghosts. Wait,
1: really? Yeah, why would I make that up? I'm this is how I can be surprised in an audio medium.
0: <laughs> oh, also Fred takes an honest job at the end of the episode. Good for Fred.
1: Yeah, Fred takes is becomes an honest horse. At um, the end. Uh,
0: I think because at this point, the show doesn't work with Fred. Yeah, this is the end of... Fr- Fred has a complete story. Yeah. <laughs>
1: he, he He's a horse. He liked to steal. He sees the error of his ways.
0: That's all the story he needs. I But I really think that, like, uh, knowing what I know about this, this was actually supposed to originally be an 18-episode series. Huh. I feel Weird. like... I feel like Fred's a lot of what got lost.
1: That makes sense. For us to
0: pick him up in episode four and lose him in episode five.
1: I could believe that. I could believe that.
0: Uh, the next one. Uh, before we, okay. we move on,
1: real quick, uh, they are given two cents. Yep. As like a reward, and they're like perfect, and then Greg throws it in a fountain.
0: Yep. And then just looks at work and goes, "He's right about me. I got no sense, no sense at all," which is like a good pun because mm-hmm. now they don't have any money. Yeah. And it's also, like, Greg's a little kid and he's stupid. Yeah. Like, I think it's good that they had, like, an actual little kid do Greg's voice instead of, like, an adult woman. Yeah.
1: They 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 did the Hey Arnold route.
0: Yeah. So, uh, the next one, they're on the ferry. Um, the, yes.
1: This, this is a very interesting episode as well.
0: Yeah, the first half of this episode, um, they're just taking the frog ferry. And uh, Beatrice is very upset. Wharton, Wharton, Gray are getting along great.
1: Yeah, Wharton, and Gray are getting along great. Beatrice, they've like, they're starting, Wharton, and Beatrice have been getting along because they shared secret time in the uh, secret closet.
0: Yeah, but Beatrice is like very down and it's, be- you know, yeah. their time together is going to come to a close yes, soon. Yeah, suddenly
1: she doesn't really want to go.
0: Yeah, um, because, you know, she's finally growing fond of them. Yes. And, uh... Greg and Wirt are actually, like, really nice to each other in this episode. Uh, Wirt, and they end up, like, trying to stow away on the boat because they didn't pay. Yes.
1: they sneak onto this boat that is full of frogs, and it turns out frogs don't talk.
0: Yeah, but and then- But no, uh,
1: no frog talks. Not just the frog that they have, which I'm sure has a different name at this point. Uh, and-
0: Yeah, Greg's frog is actually never named in this episode, Uh, but is important in this episode. Yeah,
1: it's the starring role for this frog.
0: He sings the title song. He sings the song, Over the Garden Wall.
1: Yes. Well, they, they need to hide, so they pull a Muppet Man. They do. And they all get into one big coat with the frog as the head. Yes. Which is the worst of all of them to be the head, but they are on a frog ship.
0: Yeah, like he's actually the best. And then they uh, they end up acting like they're part of the band. Uh, so work plays clarinet, and so he adapts that and plays like the oboe.
1: D- is it the clarinet or the bassoon? I bassoon. He was, yeah, yes. he plays the bassoon. So he plays
0: the clarinet, but they make him play the bassoon in this. Okay, yeah, because the they're clarinet. similar, but not yeah. really.
1: He, if you are a fan of woodwinds, I'm sure this makes sense. Yeah, but uh, he plays a clarinet. I think of Squidward immediately. Yes. Uh, and uh, Greg's frog sings a beautiful song and everyone on the boat greatly enjoys it.
0: Yeah. Um. And then Beatrice tries to convince Wirt and Greg not to go through with the meeting with Adelaide. Yeah. And then when they say, like, no, we're going to do it, she tries to get away from them and meet with Adelaide alone. Yeah. And that's when this episode goes from cute, adorable frog ship to oh god, oh god, things have gone wrong.
1: A hard left turn here.
0: Uh, hard but important left turn. Yes. Um, the exchange turns out to be that Beatrice has offered the boys to Adelaide in exchange for her freedom.
1: Yes. Because her and her family yes. used to be human. But they were returned into Bluebirds. And the deal with Adelaide is if she gives the these boys to Adelaide, and I think she's going to eat them or suck their she, souls out or No, something. she
0: thinks, I mean, Beatrice thinks it's just like that they're going to clean up the house or something. Like she Enslaves thinks, them? Well, uh, Adelaide's going to enslave them, but Beatrice doesn't realize that. Beatrice thought it was like temporary.
1: Yes. Uh in the the exchange is she will be given a these special scissors that if she cuts her wings off with them, they'll become human. And it is implied that Adelaide is lying. Yeah. <laughs> Close the flu.
4: That fresh air does simply gruesome things to my tender, delicate skin. Adelaide, we need to talk. Did you bring me what I asked for? I found two brothers lost in the woods. But I can't give them to you, Adelaide. They need to go home. Nonsense. I'll give them a wonderful home here. That's what you said, but... Can't you see I'm sick and helpless? you! <laughs> I'm all alone in the world. I want a child servant. Servant? I thought you just wanted some yard work done. Our arrangement was for you to bring me a child servant, and then I give you the scissors to snip 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 your family's wings away to make them human again what if i became your servant Puh! i need a big strong child you can turn me into a human can't you
1: how are you because like beatrice says basically what i just said and adelaide response is right
0: you know they beatrice then ultimately uh work and greg come in Adelaide ensnares them with the yarn traps in the house. And uh, Beatrice murders Adelaide.
1: Yes, because fresh air kills her. Yes. This episode encapsulates everything I love about this show and everything I hate about this show. Uh, and you could probably get away, get rid of my hate through research if there's stuff I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but... If you think back to the beginning, they put on display all the clues mm-hmm. to lead you to Beatrice's lie. Yeah. Uh because if you think back, the the arc of Beatrice is she's caught in a bush. Yeah. Which she's not really caught in the bush. This is just her way to talk to them. Yes. Uh She says that she has a bluebird, like, since she's been saved, the bluebird code says that uh, she has to protect them.
0: Which she's straight up making up.
1: Which she's making up because she's not a bluebird, she's a human. And I had that click in uh, the episode where she reveals she's human in the closet. I'm like, wait a minute, she has this code. And then it also started to, like, mull in my brain of, she didn't like these people and save them in potter's field she totally had an excuse to bounce yeah so all of that coming together is a great aha moment of and then
0: her sorrow at the beginning of this episode the regret is guilt
1: yeah the guilt coming in uh everything i hate about this show is the what it turned out to be like the big bad all along for for beatrice uh is literally killed by a gust of wind because reasons? Like she just says, "Oh, you know, it's it's cold out there. I don't wanna, don't want the fresh air to come in here." Like like an old lady who doesn't like a draft would say. Yeah. And then she gets hit with it, and she just explodes
0: because why? Um, I mean, she's an evil, scary witch. It's you know. It's the Wizard of Oz. I mean, this whole thing is the Wizard of Oz. The idea of Adelaide being the wizard who can give them what they want, uh, when ultimately she's the Wicked Witch of the West, who is destroyed by something elemental. The Wicked Mm. Witch is melted with water. For Adelaide, it's fresh night air. Yeah, it still
1: feels out of nowhere and very convenient. Like, it was like, she tripped and fell on a two-sex machina and was never seen again.
0: (laughs) Well, 11-minute episodes. Um, Alright, That That's like the format coming to get you. Yeah. And I think there's also the element of like, Adelaide's not really herself that important. What's important is that Beatrice betrayed them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think what really upsets me about this specific moment... Uh, is at this point, Beatrice had become my favorite character. Yeah. Because I I saw her lairs. Yes. And the horse was gone. Uh, so for her main antagonist to just kind of poof. Like, I mean, I guess it's never really said that she's the one that turned them into bluebirds or anything no. like that.
0: She's just the one who could turn them back.
1: Yeah, like...
0: Beatrice makes sort of a Faustian deal with her. Yeah.
1: The the idea that, like, her entire mission literally went up in a puff of smoke is just kind of... I mean, maybe that's what they were going for? I mean, think about it.
0: Beatrice sacrifices her only chance at coming back to being human to save Greg and Wirt. Yeah. I think the ultimate thing is... Adelaide herself is really not that important. Beatrice is important.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I guess I also have the issue of just like imagining Beatrice cutting her wings off and it not working. Mm -hmm. And having that mental image and being real bummed out about it. Which shows that I do care about these characters. Yes. Uh, But we're going to get into that. A lot more as this goes on, so let, let's talk episode seven because we're almost an hour in.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, whenever we do these uh slightly longer runs and we go through each episode, these episodes gotta go, yeah. I'll um, cut that part, yeah. So, ringing in the bell is the next one. Um, we have a young woman who they find uh being worked to the bone by her evil aunt, yes. Uh, anti-whispers. Anti-whispers. Uh, Wirt and Greg are still stinging over Beatrice's betrayal. Uh, Greg actually starts to question Wurt, Like, do you have a plan? And Wurt's like, I have a plan. You don't have to come with me if you, don't, if you don't think I have a plan. Uh, the woodsman shows up and is like, you're still in trouble! And the brothers don't care. Uh, because they still kind of believe the woodsman's the beast. Because they haven't seen the beast yet. Yes. So, uh, the woodsman's still trying to save them, and the boys find an abandoned house and find Lorna. Yes. And, uh, Lorna tells them to go, and she's like, you know, uh, Auntie Whispers makes me do all this work, uh, otherwise, uh, she kind of plays into that, like, the devil will find work for idle hands to do, Mm -hmm. idea of, like, if Lorna stops working, evil will get into her. Yes. So Lorna always gets, uh... Lorna keeps just doing all these mindless tasks.
1: Because Auntie whispers rings a
0: bell. Yes. The ringing of the bell commands it. Yes. Uh, Fun fact. Auntie whispers Tim Curry.
1: Yes. Which made me really want to love this episode. And I hate this episode. I
0: actually really like this episode. Um, I think it's a really good subversion of expectations. Um... And then Wort tries to help Lorna, and there's this like nice little sequence, like a little. Uh, we see Wort and Lorna begin to bond, mm-hmm. uh, but then Greg wakes. Anti whispers.
1: Yes, well, Wort basically says, "I'm going to help you clean. Mm-hmm. It'll be done faster. Then you'll be free to escape with me." Yes, and Lorna's like, "Great plan." Yeah. Uh. So helps clean uh Greg and the frog go up and accidentally wake Auntie Whispers and th- they do kind of set up that Auntie Whispers eats children.
0: Yes. And Auntie Whispers is scary looking.
1: Is is quite terrifying looking.
0: Um and then uh she tries to command Lorna and she cannot find the bell. So then they all hide and Auntie Whispers starts screaming like stay away from her. And then wham shot. Turn... Lorna's a monster
1: Yeah she's... An
0: actual Scary Ha 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 You let your children watch this Monster Yes This is one of those shots Where I was like Ooh Someone's ki-. Like In 15 years Buzzfeed article the Whatever the equivalent of Buzzfeed At that point is mm-hmm. Are gonna be like Things that scarred you for life When you were little
1: Yeah uh, And it's gonna be Lorna And it turns out The frog ate it Yeah And they Shake the frog Yes. And ring the bell and say, like, you will never be wicked anymore. Yeah. And free her from the curse. Yeah,
0: wor- frees her.
1: Which would literally be the first thing I would try if I had this bell. So, like, to me, my first thought was, well, why didn't they do that in the beginning? Why didn't, did Annie wonder why didn't she just guess that? <laughs> like,
0: I mean, I kind of got the Mother Gothel vibe of, like, Auntie Whispers also did love Lorna in a weird way, and there's a lot of speculation about the movie Tangled about how much Mother Gothel loved Rapunzel versus how much she just loved her hair, and did Auntie Whispers love Lorna and she thought if Lorna were free, Lorna wouldn't stay with her anymore? Okay. And then Lorna ultimately, like, chooses to stay with Auntie Whispers. And the two could, you know, live happily ever after together. And there's a great moment where they're, Wert and Greg are leaving. Mm -hmm. And Auntie Whispers goes, beware my sister Adelaide. She can't be trusted.
1: Yeah, which is a good line.
0: And just nice, like, womp womp.
1: (laughs) Just blow on her, though. Uh, uh, I think the issue I have is... That issue of, why didn't they just do that from the beginning, could have been wiped away with a line. Mm-hmm. Auntie Whip- Whispers could have just said, I never thought of that. Or, said what you said of, I was always afraid you'd leave.
0: I mean, Auntie Whispers does say that. She does say, I was afraid you would leave me. Like, or, oh, does she say that? Well, no, she pretty much says, like, Maybe well, now that grumpy. you're free, you're going to leave me. Okay. I guess... So you kind of get the impression that, like...
1: I might have been grumpy. Yeah. And not... And just crossed my arms and been like, this is dumb at this point. Yeah. Uh, but I just thought it was a very obvious solution to me. That I was just like, man... It, and it, it made me not understand... What's her name? Lori? Lori? Lorna. Lorna's character. Because if the if lorna knows that she's a monster then expelling that demon from her doesn't make her a good person she knew full well that when she ran away with Wirt, she was going to kill him
0: i don't think we necessarily i like i don't necessarily know how much lorna knows or if she goes into like a dissociative
1: Okay. Alright. Th- we gotta move on. I'll save it for my rant at the end.
0: Yeah. Uh, I hate that you don't like this show. Um, the next episode is important but weird. We're gonna kind of like go through it real quick.
1: Okay. I'll be quiet.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, because you kind of go on your rant. Uh, Wurt loses hope and they fall asleep under a tree and Greg goes through a dream sequence. And this is where you see the brothers diverge ultimately of weren't losing hope in falling asleep, and Greg, uh, kind of has like a dream, like a Candyland dream, and he meets the Queen of the North Wind, and she's all nice, and she's like, "I'm gonna send you home." Uh, he, you know, he defeats this evil North Wind, and the Queen grants him a wish. Very Glinda the Good Witch, because this is still Wizard of Oz, except that he asks to go home, and she's like, of, of course, yeah, you can go home, but just you." And Greg chooses to stay.
1: Uh, yeah. Th- this is a dream sequence within this already fantasy world. And all the characters I liked were not there. So I was just kind of like... Eh. It was al- it was almost just like flashing colors to me. We're like, okay, stuff's happening, whatever. Uh, but you do see like the tree start to grow around Wirt.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and basically in the end, it- it's not so much that uh Greg chooses to stay, he takes Greg's place.
0: He t- yeah, because he uh Or Greg
1: takes Wurt's place, excuse yeah. me.
0: And Greg uh says goodbye and asks Wurt to take care of the frog. And uh who I think at this point might be like Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Um
1: yes, I, I believe that's what it was.
0: And Gr- uh when Wirt wakes up and like fully realizes that Greg is gone, uh he runs after him. And he's reunited with Beatrice at the end, and Wurt loses consciousness, and that's the end. And then we're at essentially the last pair of episodes.
1: Yes, we go completely off the rails with episode nine, where it turns out it's a it's the prequel episode.
0: Yes, uh,
1: and we see Wurt getting ready for Halloween.
0: Yeah, we see him like cutting the fur off a, a Santa hat and uh, fashioning a cape, and he just like. Chooses to look like a gnome. Uh Greg turns out to be dressed as an elephant. That's what the teapot is, is his snout. Um and it's this like cute little moment of uh Wirt likes a girl and is trying to give her he gives her a mixtape and then he's trying to get it back.
1: Yeah, because he feels embarrassed.
0: And this other guy is going to ask her out, uh Jason Thunderburger. Yes. Who has it together. I love this joke.
1: This is a good subversion here. uh, Where they... uh, The girl he likes... I forget her name. Sarah. Sarah is the mascot for the football team. And... uh, He sneaks the tape into her pocket of her coat. And a football player is like, Yo, were you trying to talk to Sarah? Sarah. And I was like, oh, that must be Thunderburger. It's not!
0: Yeah, and somebody actually makes it a point to call him a different name. Like, calls him, like, Steve or something. Chad. It's not Chad. <laughs> it's, like, a less loaded name. It's just, yeah. like, Mike. Like, yeah. it's just another guy name. The Jacket!
4: <sighs> hey, are you trying to spy on Sarah?
0: Uh, no. Run, Greg!
1: Hey, Sarah, be careful, huh? There's some real creeps out there tonight.
0: Thanks, Jimmy. Uh, and we also established that the other really important things we need to establish in this episode are how Greg gets the candy that he leaves as the trail in episode one.
1: Because he was trick-or-treating.
0: Uh, and he, no, he did uh, housework for an old woman.
1: Oh, right, right, right.
0: And she gave him candy and where it's like, it's Halloween. People just give you candy. Yeah, people just
1: give you candy and then he but steals he has, a rock.
0: he has swiped... The rock with the face. That's the rock fact rock.
1: We also establish that someone is an egg.
0: I'm
4: an egg. Yeah, everybody knows you're an egg, Rondi. Shut it, Kathleen. Whatever.
0: Yes.
1: That's important. <laughs> it's not, but it's fun. Uh, so they end up going to a party, and uh, Wirt is just too nervous to talk to anybody. He's not invited to the party. He's kind of a loser, but like... Just because he's not trying... Like, he gets invited to go to the cemetery with Sarah. Yeah. The girl that he wants to talk to, but he doesn't believe in himself so much that he doesn't go.
0: And Sarah makes it, like, very teenage girl obvious that she would like him to be there.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Like, like literally, like, hey, I'd like you to go. Sure hope I see you. Like, very not.
1: Yeah, and... Just Wirt is just so lacking in confidence that, uh, he can't deal with it.
0: So Wurt and Greg go to the graveyard, uh, to- they decide to try to go there. Greg is cute and, like, creates a diversion. He's like, I'm a headless elephant! Woo! He's carrying the tea kettle and it's cute. A cop car shows up and breaks up the party. Yes. And, uh- But but
1: doesn't mean to.
0: Yeah, but- (laughs) Uh, They climb up the wall surrounding the graveyard, and, like, while they're standing on the wall, Sarah, like, pulls the tape out of her pocket. Yes. And, And he's
1: so embarrassed. Yeah,
0: and then, like, Wirt and Greg flee over the garden wall. Yes. And they're standing on railroad tracks. And Greg was frog hunting. Yeah. Found the frog that's ultimately the frog for the rest of the series. And a train approaches. Mm -hmm. They're standing on railroad tracks. Wirt shoves Greg off the train tracks and hurdles after him. And they fall into a lake and black out. Wirt wakes up in a tree with Beatrice's family.
1: Now, here's my part one rant. Uh, In this episode, uh, we see how, like, unconfident is. Yes. It's a big deal that he spent the time making this mixtape for her, which is him playing the bassoon. Clarinet. Clarinet. Sorry. Uh, You know, and giving it to a girl he likes. And this is a big moment for him. The whole time Greg is just kind of like, why don't you do this? Why don't you just give it to her? Why don't you just go talk to her? Why don't you do this? And he does say at one point, he kind of freaks out and he says, why are you always trying to make me do things? You and my stepdad are constantly trying to get me to do things I don't want to do. Also, Sarah is constantly asking Wirt to do a thing that he does want to do. To hang out with him. I thought he was a pushover. I thought the whole there's a whole episode in episode three where he just does what he's told.
0: What happened? I mean... You've, you have a sister. You've never hit a breaking point and yelled at your sister and said things that not, weren't necessarily what you meant in the moment.
1: I mean, yeah, but like, this whole episode is Wirt doing the opposite of what he's told repeatedly, referencing that other people have said to do something and him refusing. So when episode three happens and we're trying to establish him as a pushover that just follows orders, he is not that person. And I don't know if, if I was supposed to, like, get that episode three was him acting out of character, where he was just like, oh, yeah, I'll just do everything everyone says. But, like, it's an element of me feeling like this no longer makes sense or, I'm supposed to make a connection here that I'm not getting.
0: You got that Wirt was a pushover out of episode three. Not that Wirt is stubborn. Wirt is incredibly stubborn throughout the series. True. In that episode, you have Beatrice, who's trying to get under Wirt's skin, calling him a pushover. What we actually see him do is be very stubborn. Dig in his heels. Uh, Okay, alright, I can get behind he's this. He's acting the part of a pushover to annoy her. Okay. And okay. that kind of is what we see with Wirt here, is he's stubborn. And he, you know... And that stubbornness is not helping him because he's thinking, like, the stubbornness is in that self-loathing of, like, oh, well, he has himself together. There's no way she wants me, and he's very... Committed to the idea that if Jason Funderburker likes Sarah, there's no way Sarah likes him.
1: Okay, all right. Okay, I get by that.
0: Yeah, right. I think you. I think we see more of work being obstinate than that. And um, that takes us to the last episode. We're in the unknown. Yes. Um. So we finally uh, Gregory's with the beast, and we we kind of start with Beatrice. Who is trying to uh, Who's trying to find Greg?
1: Yeah, you know stakes are high. Greg has been taken by. I think we see him walk off with the beast.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, Greg's with the beast. at this Yeah.
1: Point. So we know he's with the beast. Word's got to get him back. Mm-hmm. He's. He's. You know. He feels real bad for everything he's done for giving up. Um. Yeah, I can totally get behind this stubborn thing now.
0: Yeah, and Uh, then uh, the Beast is trying to tire Greg out. And this is, again, very important with how the two brothers are. Wirt lost hope. Greg will not lose hope, so Greg needs to be exhausted to the point of uh, losing hope. Because he's never going to do it naturally. Okay. He's never going to emotionally lose hope. He's an optimistic child Mm -hmm. who, you know, can conquer this dream world. So the beast has to tire him out until he can't, literally physically cannot stand anymore.
1: Right. Okay. I'm getting behind this. <laughs> Enjoying this more.
0: So, uh, Wurt and Beatrice are trying to find Greg, and so is the woodsman.
1: And, yes. And we we get this, like, this face-off of sorts.
0: Yeah, the beast versus the woodsman. Uh the beast is trying to tell the woodsman he it's time to grind up Greg and the woodsman's like no mm-hmm. just no
1: Yeah, he can't he can't bring himself to do it but And
0: this is when the woodsman finds out where the Adlewood comes from.
1: This is where it happened. Yeah. This is where he says if I had known I would never do it. Yeah. Uh so I'm sorry I said that episode that happened in episode five.
0: Happened now. And then uh, the characters all come, the main five characters are now all together because and Beatrice uh, enter in and find this whole scene.
1: And yes, yeah, they show up, and uh, it, it basically the the deal becomes that the Beast offers. No,
0: I mean we actually have a moment where the brothers reconcile. Oh, we do this. have this, yeah, yeah, and Greg. Uh, has this moment of, like, very adult guilt, and it's this moment where, like, Greg matures enough to have this very adult emotion. He gives Wirt the rock he stole from Mrs. Daniels. Yes. And asks him to replace it. And I find this to be really important, because it's, like, it's a really childish thing to steal a meaningless token from somebody, mm-hmm. but it's this first time we see Greg really Accept responsibility for his actions, which Wirt has not been able to do yet. True. And in this moment, Greg accepts responsibility for stealing the rock, and then Wirt accepts responsibility for the fact that he is the older brother, and he should have been taking care of Greg.
1: Yeah. It's also dawning on me that in episode nine, they've, they go over the garden wall and end up in water. Yes. And Greg has a rock in his pocket. Yep. <laughs> That's a bad situation.
0: Yeah. They kind of have this moment, and uh, Wirt names the frog. They decide to call the frog Jason Thunderburger.
1: Jason Thunderburger. In this,
0: like, emotional moment. And uh, I, one of the things I found in my research yeah, is that the soundtrack at this point is a slowed-down version of Potatoes and Molasses. <laughs> oh, you're laughing. I think that's horrifically oh. sad.
1: That No, it's perfect. Yeah. I, I, like...
0: It's the song that was so emblematic of who Greg is. A little bit random, childish, sweet, and optimistic. And it's essentially slowing down and fading out because Greg yeah. was dying.
1: That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. Like,
0: this yeah, show is very I c- smart.
1: I can really appreciate that.
0: Uh, so, uh, The Beast, uh... The Beast tries to make a deal with Wirt to make him the new Woodsman. To be like, well, Greg can be in the Lantern now, and yeah. then you can be the Woodsman.
1: Yeah, that's the only way to save them is if you keep the Lantern burning. You take up the job of the Woodsman.
0: Yeah, and so... Huh. Uh,
1: I, j- I, just re- like, I just realized that the Woodsman is just yet another title from the
0: yeah. Tavern episode. Yeah, it's another archetype. And then we have this great moment of... uh. You know, the beast gives Wirt this sadistic choice of like either Greg dies right now or you become the woodsman and There's a beat and you think Wirt's gonna like make a sacrifice and then Wirt goes verbatim
4: Well, then Perhaps we better make a deal
0: deal. Oh
4: I can put his spirit in the lantern as long as the flame stays lit he will live on inside Take on the task of lantern bearer or watch your brother perish. Come here.
2: (sighs) Okay. (gasps) What? Wait, that's dumb. What?
0: Yeah, literally says this is dumb and deduces that the beast is way too invested in this lantern.
1: Yeah, it's almost as if your soul is in this lantern and like the beast becomes very angry because he's been discovered.
0: Yeah, and then like Wirt starts to taunt the beast with the lantern. Mm-hmm.
1: And the woodsman realizes his daughter's soul was never in the lantern. Yes. Uh and we we get a shot of the beast for the first time not in shadow.
0: Again, ha 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 kids watch it the show. It is absolutely terrible. It's really bad.
1: It's real it's like It's really well done to have this moment of payoff. Just like, because one of the big problems with movie monsters is once you see it, you, like, it's never as scary as your imagination. Yeah. Uh, But, like, you only see it for a moment. It's as scary as you want it to be. And because it's so quick, like, what I remember the beast looking like is probably not what the beast looks like
0: yeah like it's so quick that the main detail you get is that there's other faces on his body,
1: oh okay,
0: yeah that's the only thing you really get real quick, more than like anything else, and it's like it's just agony like yeah. all over him and uh
1: <laughs> the the third spirit in uh Scrooged
0: yeah, <laughs> essentially, and ultimately. It is the woodsman who kills the beast. Yes. The woodsman is the one who blows out the lantern. Mm-hmm. Which has... I think is nice because that resolves his arc.
1: Yes, and Wirt actually does say, like, I can't do it. Yeah. This is your, this is your burden. This
0: is not my problem. Yeah. And then uh, Wirt reveals to Beatrice that he pocketed the scissors from Adelaide. Right. Um, uh, Which is this nice moment of, like, even though Beatrice betrayed him... He took the thing that could have saved her in case they met again. Right. And then uh, Wirt returns to consciousness in the pond and uh, grabs Greg and his stupid frog and they pull them out. And Sarah and Jason Funderburker find them and, like, call the paramedics. Yeah,
1: like, they go to the hospital. We're
0: very much in the real world. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a great moment where Sarah goes like, "I don't have a tape player."
1: Yeah, I don't have a tape player. Maybe we can listen to this together.
0: And he like, mm-hmm. he's like, "We should work up to that." Yeah. And he like shows confidence, and like Jason Funderburker turns out to be like real awkward. Um, there's like a clip here where Greg talks about Jason Funderburker, and he thinks it's about him.
1: Yeah, but it's about the frog. Um, I, I will say that. The moment of the, the two of them in the pond really, like, strikes a chord with me. Uh, if you've ever played the game Brothers, I recommend this video game. There's a moment where a brother saves the other brother from drowning. And it's that there's something very suspenseful and, and kind of, like, beautiful of, like, the barrier of water separating two brothers mm-hmm. and, like, trying to reach each other. So they, they capture that moment very well. And they go and they wake up in the hospital. Uh, And then this moment happens. Uh, The frog, who is the narrator, says...
2: And so
4: the story is complete and everyone is satisfied with the ending. And so on and so forth. And yet, over the garden
1: wall. We then get a look at all the characters we have met. Yes. Throughout our journey here.
0: The woodsman's back at his house. Mm -hmm. Uh... And then his daughter comes out of the house, and they're surprised to see each other.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Beatrice is human, and so is her family.
0: And they're giving her a load of crap, which I love.
1: They're they're, they're razzing her.
0: Uh, Lorna and Auntie Whispers are reading and drinking tea. The book Lorna is reading, we will discuss in a moment. Ooh, interesting. Uh, Because it's a fun little Easter egg. Uh, Beatrice, Greg, and the Frog are included in, like... Figure the figurines of the archetypes in the tavern.
1: Yes, and they're telling the tale of him, of them.
0: Yeah, and like, so it's this nice moment where everybody we've met, like the, yeah, the pink, school
1: teacher, is with the, the with Jimmy, with yeah, Jimmy the, the and monkey the students, circus and they're man. seeing
0: the circus. And uh, you see the portrait of Quincy Endicott from his house has been replaced with one of Quincy and also Fred the horse. Yes, uh, because Fred's a an honest man, and the last shot, uh, before. The end is Greg replacing the rock in the yes.
1: garden. Which is a nice, like, shot and, like, a little upsetting that, because I feel like it's such a great, important way to end this show mm-hmm. that Netflix is like, yo, you should watch Key and Peel. Yeah. It's like, no, come on. I'm, I'm invested in this. But it should be noted that the frog is singing a song. About how these are the most beautiful lies. Mm-hmm. I don't believe any of those things at the end. Now, I know that, because we did the whole fan theory thing and we looked at that. there that, uh, There is an argument to be made that everything that happens over the garden wall in the unknown was actually experienced by both of them. Yes. Because my first thought was, this was just worked. And Greg did not uh, experience any of this.
0: Uh, Except that Greg does call the frog Jason Thunderburger.
1: Yes. So they kind of share this, like, memory from the unknown. So it does imply that the unknown, even if it's inside their heads, it did happen to both of them. So they mm-hmm. they, they share this memory. But I think there's just so much evidence that with the frog saying its beautiful lies... With Adelaide implying that the scissors do not work. Uh, and uh, oh, I had one more, like, example. That, I, I just, I don't believe that... Uh, that's actually how it's supposed to, that is what happened to these characters. I believe that this is the frog, or the narrator, more importantly... Lying to us so we can feel better about these characters that we will not see again.
0: Now, it's one of those things. I feel like this is almost too intentionally open for interpretation because there's a big piece of counter evidence. Okay. At the very end of the hospital scene, uh, Greg shakes the frog. And you hear the ringing of a bell. The bell, the frog, swallowed in the Lorna episode. And the frog glows.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not arguing that none of this happened. I'm saying that the epilogue is a lie.
0: To so the part in the unknown.
1: The, yeah, I'm, I'm saying that there's enough evidence that Wirt and Greg actually went to the unknown and had that experience. I believe that everything that we see in the unknown with Greg and Wirt involved happened. I think the epilogue the frog tells us at the end is a lie.
0: So, um, the one problem, uh, with that, it's depending on, do you want to find other stuff canon? Um, there's comics. Okay. About how the woodsman's daughter gets lost and like, there's a whole comic series. I intentionally didn't read it because based on what I read about it, I was like, there's too much here.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, there's also too many of them, and I didn't know when we were exactly when we, when we were going to record this, so I did not order them. Mm-hmm. Um, I also watched the pilot, which is called "The Tome of the Unknown." Okay. Which was based on the original concept for the series. The original concept was more Adventure Time e, uh, because Patrick McHale, who created the show, worked on Adventure Time. Okay. And uh, Adventure Time, you know, as you. As you may know, Adventure Time did quite well for Cartoon Network, so they were kind of for a while looking for the next Adventure Time. Um, so it was much more thematically uh darker and adventure-based and it was the two brothers filling the tome of the unknown with stories. Okay. So it kind of, you know, hand-waved them ever really getting home. It was a kitty quantum leap almost. Okay. Uh, But there were eight episodes cut between pre-production and the final cut. Uh, There's um, tons of supplementary material for this. Like, Miss Langtree's song was released in its entirety. And there was a time on SoundCloud where you could listen to the mixtape for Sarah.
1: Oh, really? I don't know if it's still
0: there. I didn't want to listen to it uh, because I thought it was going to be stylistically intentionally bad. And I just didn't want to deal with it.
1: Oh, okay. Uh,
0: The short Tome of the Unknown is free on YouTube. And is very cute.
1: Okay. It's
0: very similar, but Natasha Leggero plays Beatrice.
1: Which is a a really good casting, but I understand why she'd be too busy.
0: Yeah, she's like, she's real mean to work in that one, and it's very funny. Uh, One of the things I found in my research is amazing. Uh, The show's very smart. The main character is guided through... uh, Dante is led through Limbo... By a blue-arid guide named Beatrice.
1: In Dante's Inferno? Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: So it's almost like, and you know, there's like nine episodes where they're in the unknown.
1: Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So the layers, okay, I got you. I'm with you. I'm with you.
0: So this idea that it's limbo, they haven't like, uh, the original concept was the train was supposed to be more important. Right. Uh, they were supposed to be on the train, and then Wirt and Greg deduce that the train is leading them to death and escape. Okay. And the Beast was less of an antagonist and was more just trying to do his job and get them back on the train. And then they realized the train was actually bringing them back to life. So then they have to get back on the train.
1: Huh. Interesting.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's really fascinating. And the reason that the... Uh, hmm. The seasons change so much in limbo as you know the boys get closer to death yeah the, the it's
1: the train idea is very interesting because if looney Tunes how I spend my summer vacation is to be uh taken as as factual, bullet train trains are to heck and stairways are to heaven yeah, I mean so trains are usually connected to going to hell. So to have it be the other th- way around is is interesting.
0: And like the last episode's taking place during the snowstorm, that's very much the winter equals death symbolism. Yeah, that carries yeah. through a lot of literature. Um, they were originally supposed to be gone for a long time in the real world. Uh, oh, was, they were
1: supposed to be missing for a long time. Yeah,
0: they were actually supposed to come back at Christmas.
1: Ooh, that's very interesting.
0: I think they couldn't figure out how to logistically make that work, because, like, that's a really dark story when you think about it. Like, two boys missing for two months.
1: Yeah, missing Thanksgiving.
0: Like, if you have that grounding in the real world, I think that pushes the show into being a little too sinister.
1: Yeah, that's a bit much.
0: Um. Huh, that's
1: really weird. I'm glad they didn't do that.
0: Yeah, the the style of the series was very much intended to evoke folk art. Okay. Um, that's why the music has, like, a lot of old-time, like, ragtime feel to it.
1: Music is solid.
0: Yeah, the music, I I love the music in this. It's a little odd. Uh, the hype, the show was lauded. Um, a lot of people called it, like, funny and creepy. Uh, it got weird, it got cute. Um, it was very much considered emblematic of the mid-2010s, uh, golden age of TV animation. Yeah. The Adventure Time, early Steven Universe years. This, like, you know, mid-2010s that we're still kind of, like, coming down from, I think, like, as, you know, some of these shows start to end.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Um, so, I... For me, Stay Doomed seems to be a little bit of an odd... Uh, question for this one my big question isn't so much should this stay doomed as should have this should this have been a film
1: yeah i remember you saying that and as a film it's long it is it would be like over two hours which is long for a, a cartoon
0: would it though if you cut the title cards and the credits from every episode yeah. Because it's 10, 12-minute episodes. That's 120 minutes.
1: Yeah, and then you, you cut some things out.
0: You probably cut about a minute per episode with credits, title screen, opening. Yeah. So that immediately takes it down to being less than two-hour film.
1: I think as a film, the the show, if you binge it, There is a lack of transition between episodes.
0: That's true. Where
1: it's just like, boom, we're now here.
0: We're at the Tavern. We're at Quincy Endicott. The film would suffer from uh, what I've started to call labyrinth syndrome. Yeah. Where it just travels from set piece to set piece. Yeah,
1: this is the next part. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, I think at its heart it's a fairy tale. And, like, having that, like, chapters with titles, like, really... Helps create oh, that been world.
0: Sick with puppets. Okay, that was sorry. I was thinking about where the, I was going. I was thinking uh, about that Jim Henson fairy tale short. Yeah, the folktale short. Uh, I saw Labyrinth in theaters recently instead of so Noah. And also, you were there. Um, and they ran a Jim Henson short about a folktale, a Russian folktale about a man who outsmarts death. Uh, very proto Deathly Hallows, and. Uh, it was done with puppets. So I was just thinking about am like, huh, the Beast would have been a really sick puppet.
1: It would be. It, I, I agree.
0: So, uh, I think as far as staying doomed, I don't know that you could do more of this, but I think they did. The comics are so much like...
1: Yeah, and the I think that's the way to go about it. Like, I would, my vote is this should stay doomed. And it's not because it's bad. It's because I feel like it's very complete. And I feel like having supplementary things that are not a show is the way to go about it. Like, here's a book. Here's a vinyl record. Here's some (laughs) comics. But if you add another season to this, it will always be compared to the first season. And now you have all these expectations and feelings and stuff like that, that it would have to deliver every single moment that I don't think is possible. And I don't think should be attempted. I think you should leave it the way it is.
0: They considered making a series with Sarah as the protagonist, and I still am vaguely curious to know what that could have entailed. That would have been very interesting. All I could find was Sarah was intended to be the protagonist.
1: And that's a very interesting to go... About it. Uh, But like. All you're doing. You're welcoming a lot of. I just. Where's worked?
0: Okay. Well what I was going to say is. I think the only way that would have worked. Is if they had held over. The. The boys were missing until Christmas. And the. Sarah series was an interpool.
1: Like simultaneous? Yeah. Okay.
0: While they're gone. Sarah is our. Sarah serves as our eyes and ears. And Sarah is looking for work, who she clearly cares about. Okay. And I think like that idea could have worked.
1: That could work.
0: Uh I liked this world a lot, but I kinda think uh this is a great mini series. I wanted to do it for the show because it fits so well into the idea of spoopy. Yes. Uh there's a lot of uh there's a lot of moments where I'm like, hey, people let their kids watch this because there's a lot of moments that are genuinely very scary in the show.
1: Yeah, it definitely has some like real scares to it, which is nice to see. Yeah. Um and to 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 go on the rant that I promised. Uh this show is a really really good apple pie. I just don't like apple pie. Okay. And, and that's, like, where my problems come with it. And uh, try not to make fun of me during this explanation, uh, but... Oh, good. I, I've said many times that my favorite genre mm-hmm. is murder game show. Yes. Because what I personally find interesting, and I know full well that if you want to compare uh, Over the Garden Wall with Battle Royale, over the Garden Wall is, head and shoulders, a better product. Okay. It's got more to it. But what I find most interesting as an audience member to watch is, here's normal people. Mm-hmm. Here's a world that they're put in where the stakes are super high, and here are the rules. Okay. You have to do X, you have to do Y, or you are dead. And it's just like, okay. How do you handle this? And then I immediately can put myself mentally into that spot where it's like, what would I do? Okay. Ooh, they're trying to break the rules. You're not supposed to do that. How is that going to be handled? Like, I kind of get that. I'm not a big fan of fantasy in general.
0: It's true, you're not.
1: And I think my problem with it is, I never feel like the stakes are high. Because at any moment, they could just be like, well, this fixes this problem. This is why I don't like the bell thing. This is why I don't like that a character can be killed by air. And I'm sure if we did research, we could find some reason that that is a parallel to some other thing and it's allegorical and things like that. Almost
0: like someone talked about Wizard of Oz at length when we talked about Adelaide.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that we we can find all of that. Yes, but when push comes to shove... In the story that you're telling me, all that's happening is they were in a life-threatening position and then it wasn't. And the reason you can do that is because we're in a world where we don't know the rules. And as an audience member, I have trouble enjoying that because I'm always thinking, well, what would I do? And I can never answer that those questions with a show like this because... Like, anything, I was like, ooh, I would, you know, I would try to use this thing. Well, that thing could turn to dust when I touch it, because who knows how this world works. Uh, I'm just not a big fan of, like, this is a non-reality where anything can happen. It's like, well, if anything can happen, then nothing matters. So, the real reason I'm going on this rant is, I said I didn't like this show. But there's a really good chance that you will love this show.
0: I love this show.
1: And even with the spoilers that we just gave you, if for some reason you listen to all of this without watching this show...
0: Then shame on you.
1: You can still go back and you can still watch and really appreciate this show. You might
0: actually get more out of it.
1: It's just not for me.
0: Because I... Watching it a second time, I fell in love with the show immediately. Uh, but then I also don't necessarily need to have the rules. Uh, I don't particularly care for the murder game show uh, conceit. Uh, I liked Who Done It, but I think one of the biggest flaws in Who Done It was that it slavishly followed a set of rules right. at the expense of making sense and telling a story. Okay. I mean, this is folk tales. It's parables. It's telling a story. It's ultimately about an emotional journey, and I really love that. It's about the journey particularly work takes. Right. And it's about him, you know, facing down death. It's the Harry Potter story with the Deathly Hallows. Mm -hmm. I really fell in love with this world, and I like that it's spoopy. I like that it's going to be a thing that scars kids for life. Uh, I'm going to leave you with the words Kevin Johnson said with the AV Club. Okay. In his review. Uh, The episode run will leave you wanting more, but like every great fairy tale, it's a story that knows when it's over. And until next time, when we will be discussing the short-lived, I don't know why I still say short-lived, they're all short-lived, we will be discussing Erie, Indiana.
1: Hey there, Editor Noah here. Uh, Just wanted to drop in and say that we are not doing Erie, Indiana. After doing some research, we discovered that there was a spinoff of Erie, Indiana. I think it was called Erie, Indiana, The Other Dimension or something. So technically, it did have another season, even though it was a spinoff. I don't know. This show is still too young for us to be breaking our own rules. So we are not doing Erie, Indiana. We are instead doing Disney's Nightmare Ned. So feel free to join us for some Nightmare Ned. Also, in editing this, I had to rewatch a lot of "Over the Garden Wall," and um, I-, I like it a lot more now.
0: We're at the thestaydoomedshow at gmail dot com, Twitter at staydoomed, um, Facebook staydoomed, staydoomed.
1: Yeah, I'm at TV's Noah. If you wanna tell me how wrong I am.
0: Uh, I'm at Priorities if you want to gang up with me on Noah to tell him how wrong he is. I know
1: already. (laughs) I know I'm wrong. I wish I enjoyed it more. But- Because I know it's good.
0: Until next time, kids. Stay doomed. Potatoes and molasses.